Welcome back to Yang Daily. I'll be your host, Alex Cheney, bringing you all the Yang news you need to live your life right. All right, so we're catching up on what could be considered the fringe issues for this podcast today while we take a break from the usual suspects. I won't mention what they are because you might stop the episode right here. That didn't sound ominous, did it? Just forget I said anything. You're gonna love it. Quick shout out to our tier three patrons, Shay Meehan and Nathan Stankowski, as well as all our other patrons. You keep us all informed and engaged. If any of you out there want to join these advocates of humanity first and independent journalism, head on over to patreon.com slash yangdaily. It would only take a couple of bucks a month from each listener to keep this podcast and community going and growing into the future. Now on to the news. So the Biden administration officially announced their vaccine mandate for businesses with 100 or more employees, which will go into effect January 4th. Within two days, a federal appeals court issued a temporary stay blocking the mandate in response to the immediate lawsuits from Republican states, which were expected. OSHA responded saying, quote, The Occupational Safety and Health Act explicitly gives OSHA the authority to act quickly in an emergency where the agency finds that workers are subjected to a grave danger and a new standard is necessary to protect them. We are fully prepared to defend this standard in court, end quote. As I've said before, it's pretty clear to me that the mandate abides by the spirit of the Constitution in that it protects citizens from harm by others from either intentional or reckless acts, which is necessary in civilization in order to protect individual liberties. But that doesn't mean that it abides by the letter of the law, lest we forget most of the rights that we cherish were amendments to the Constitution. Abiding by the spirit of the law doesn't mean it can't be struck down in court requiring new legislation, which would, in this case, almost certainly not be possible. So, we'll see how it goes in court. If vaccine mandates don't have you riled up, how about abortion? Yeah, we're hitting all the favorites today. As we discussed, the Supreme Court is considering the legality of Texas's unconventionally cruel and unusual abortion law, well, it's not the only unconventional part of the story. Abortion rights advocates are joined by an unexpected ally, the Firearms Policy Coalition, a gun rights group. If you remember, back when we first covered the abortion law, the enforcement method is what is particularly objectionable about the bill. While there have been countless state laws passed attempting to ban abortion or violate other constitutional rights, this one sticks out because it uses a loophole by authorizing private citizens to sue anyone who attempts to abort a pregnancy after the electrical blip, which is falsely referred to as a heartbeat, is detectable. Because the government takes no direct action to enforce this law, it makes it hard to challenge in court. It also creates an incentive structure for spying and reporting on neighbors, and a state of paranoia and fear not often seen outside of North Korea. It is that novel approach that has brought the gun rights group to action, as the FPC sees that if this loophole can be used to ban abortion, it can be used to subvert other constitutional rights as well, such as the Second Amendment. So they are getting ahead of the issue and seeking to stop it now before it comes for them. Smart. More people should take note, as this Texas law is fundamentally a challenge to all laws and rights, not just abortion. All right, mandates, abortion, what else can we fume about? Ah, I got it, policing. The recent elections had some mixed results on policing policy. Austin, Texas overwhelmingly rejected Governor Abbott's ballot measure to grow the police force there. On the other hand, Minneapolis rejected a measure to replace their police structure with a new public safety department, which would shift focus toward a less hostile, preventative approach. So between the two, basically just status quo one. 
Republicans won the governor's seat in Virginia, where Biden had a 10% lead in the 2020 presidential race, suggesting a severe downtrend in sentiment for Democrats. Given the GOP's anti-democracy pro-death cult bent at the moment, I find that discouraging, but it was not entirely bad news. While Republican candidate Youngkin did lean into some questionable positions like raging against mask mandates and critical race theory, which isn't even taught in the state, he also leaned away from Trump and relied more on traditional conservative positions like lower taxes. He even promoted mail-in voting. His success in this suggests there is some hope for the future of the GOP trending away from extremism, though certainly not a promise. As Yang has been fond of pointing out, the race also showed that Trump and COVID are not winning issues for Democrats. Youngkin's opposition ran on both. Only 14% of Virginians polled listed COVID as their top concern. It's back to economy, education, and taxes. As Andrew has long been saying, a positive vision for the future, beyond just defeating Trump, and particularly economically, is needed. And democracy reform and UBI would be a great focus for that vision. In media news, Yang visited up close to talk forward party, hit up Newsy to discuss climate change, UBI, automation, and elections, and Scott dropped into Jin's podcast to talk UBI, MMT, democracy reform, and incentive structures. I haven't had a chance to listen to that one yet, but it sounds great. And finally, it's definitely late now, but I never got to say Happy Halloween. We had over 200 trick-or-treaters at my place, to the absolute delight of my girlfriend, we actually almost ran out of candy, which was, of course, a panic. Fortunately, it turned out her parents had a personal stash of candy in their room that could rival Willy Wonka, and disaster was averted. We spent the night chilling by a fire in the driveway, immersed in prodigious decorations, and pretending to be props when the kids showed up, which totally worked. Anyway, I threw together some photos and a thread if you're interested. If any of you want to share your own Halloween report, leave a comment in the thread or on YouTube. I'd love to hear from you. And that'll do it for today's Yang Daily. Bookmark and share the Unusual Abortion Alliance, the election takeaways, and Scott and Jin's interview. Flood Congress with calls, tweets, faxes, and letters using the easy volunteer contacts below. If you need help, consult the Income Movement Aid Database, the Mission Asset Fund, or United Way. And don't forget to Yang Daily.